Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Danny Parkin Show. Let's do this. Good to be with you across the country on CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com sports, Sirius 206. My name is Danny Parkins. I host Afternoons here in the great city of Chicago on 670 The Score. Monday through Fridays, hang out with you. Sunday, late nights, CBS Sports Radio. Interact with the network at, at CBS Sports Radio. I am at Danny Parkins. On Twitter, we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227 is the number. We will talk plenty of NBA and NFL as we go throughout the show this evening. I also will share a story from my personal life later in the show that I documented somewhat on my uh, Twitter page that you can check out that honestly, if it were up to me, I would do the full four hours on this story. It's a little self-indulgent, even though it doesn't have anything really to do with me, but more so someone that I know, but we will spend some time on it probably in the last hour of the show because I just find it to be so unbelievably cool. But um, I was thinking about this and before we get into some NBA stuff, This is maybe a little sentimental, but bear with me for a minute. And this will seem obvious to you who are, you know, spending your late Sunday night, wherever you are listening to sports talk radio. I think it's safe to assume that you love sports and I've chosen to devote my career to them and discussing them, analyzing them, joking about them. Um, Aren't you glad you love sports? And you might be like, okay, half-baked ideas with Parkins. He's uh, he's hitting the vape pen a little early. He's supposed to do that after the show, not before. No, no, no. Like, just bear with me here for a second. Like, I was on vacation this past week, and we were celebrating my dad's uh, upcoming 75th birthday. And my dad has four children. Three of them uh, with my mom, who he's still married to, and then my older brother from my dad's first marriage. And we got everybody together under one roof. And it was we'd, we'd vacationed before, but it was the first time that we did the Airbnb one house thing. We got a little lake house uh, up in Michigan, just a couple hours from Chicago. Had a pool. It was lovely. But it was, it was 13, 14 people under one roof. Um, youngest, my sister's child who turned one today today is uh, baby teddy's one-year-old birthday and like i said dad's birthday coming up in a little less than a month in august and i was just thinking 
Sports didn't dominate the week at all. It was great to unplug. It's the slowest week of the sports year traditionally. Um, but with my nephew, who's 13, diehard Bucks fan, knows everything there is to know about the NBA. We were talking NBA nonstop. The news was breaking about Russell Westbrook. He had thoughts on it. Like We were connecting uh, on that level in a big way. Uh, my older brother, we love football. It's our number one. We were talking about, you know, who will be the number one pick in the upcoming fantasy draft. He's a diehard Packer fan. My mom's family and sister's boyfriend are both Chiefs fans. So there was a Pat Mahomes. Could he be the next Aaron Rodgers debate that was happening with a 49 year old and a 23 year old. And I don't know what your relationship is like with, with your parents or your father, but my parents took me to a lot of sporting events going up and uh, growing up and my mom was at a lot of them, but my dad was at pretty much all of them. And like, that was kind of how we bonded was going to big games together. And you know, when you're doing this thing for your dad, you start thinking about like, Hey, you know, I should ask him questions about back in the day just to, you know, be sure I, I know. And I was, you have these conversations. And it's like, so who's the, who are the best athletes you've ever seen, right? Like you took me to see Jordan a lot as a, as a kid, but like who are the best athletes that you've seen dad other than Jordan? And he goes without missing a beat. He goes, well, I saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar play when he was Luau Cinder. It's like, Oh, okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> With the Bucks, 69-70, my dad's family from Wisconsin. So you saw you saw Lou Alcinder play basketball. It's pretty remarkable. It's so again, yeah, you know, saw Hank Aaron. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. He's, he's seen a lot of things. So then I'm asking my you know, you just ask your dad about like what it was like to live during, you know, Dr. King and the Vietnam draft and all these sorts of things. And it was just, it was an interesting time where we weren't talking sports very much at all. But like when we talked sports, you were just realizing that it, it totally spans generations and was connecting. Um, you know, the one-year-old didn't really have much to say or add to the conversation about sports though. I will say the last time or a couple of times ago when we were together, cause my sister with uh, my nephew lives out in California. So I don't get to see him nearly as much as I like, but the last time we were, together a couple times ago like I said was uh McGregor Habib and he was like a few months old or whatever he was and I was like yeah just put little Teddy in the corner I'm gonna order this pay-per-view it'll be his first sporting event with his uncle Danny I'll teach him how to gamble in a couple of Thanksgivings it'll be great but it was just great like we were talking like talking about Lou Alcindor and Hank Aaron talking about Giannis's MVP season talking about Westbrook talking about Rogers v Mahomes and it's just bridging the gap and connecting a lot of different people and even though we're all the same family and we're all very close, it was, it was a cool common thread. And then I was thinking about it today because I'm not a tennis fan, but watching, I watched probably four of the five hours. I missed the first set, set and a half of Federer Djokovic. And it was just Awesome. Like it was, it was just great sports theater and I've never really played tennis. I don't know much about it. I mean, I've got friends who are diehard fans and 
Uh, I got a one buddy who makes money gambling on both men's and women's tennis. So he like handicaps it himself and takes it very seriously. So like I am obviously I'm in this business, so I know plenty about Roger Federer or Rafa Nadal and Djokovic and the Joker. How it's a three person debate for greatest of all time and modern history and how they've passed Sampras and Federer, what he's doing at his age, being so cool, 37 years old. And, but Djokovic, he's hot on his heels and he's six years younger and Rafa dominating on clay, but how they've all matched up and how the first time these guys played each other was, you know, they were 23 years old talking about a full generation ago and they're still here and they're still dominating the drama of Federer serving up 40-15 in the the final set for the title and Djokovic breaking three set uh, three straight serves like it was just that was great theater and i it felt pure like when you don't really have a rooting interest you don't have a gambling interest and you just stumble into something like that and it's not even like the women's world cup which it's normally a dead time in sports right now but it's actually been great NBA free agency, great. Women's World Cup, great. Wimbledon final, great. Uh, Shout out to my cricket fans out there. England winning the World Cup, historic win, crazy ending. Like, I I just realized, and it's a nice reminder because we get so passionate about this stuff, and I feel confident in saying that you are on the level of passion or at least somewhat close to it as I am given that you're listening right now and spending your time with this. And I appreciate that. But like, you know, sometimes like when the Cubs do something and it pisses me off and I get angry and I'm like, ah, why do I care so much? But it's like, Oh, okay. I'm a fan and it's connected to my livelihood. And I work on the home of the Cubs and the better they are. It's good for ratings and business and all that sort of thing. And so like it gets intertwined and it gets muddied. Right, I'm a Bulls fan as a child growing up in Chicago in the 90s, the Jordan era. I'm a passionate fan. When they're terrible, it bums me out. But like having no Women's World Cup, it's easy. You root for America. You root for you know Team USA. But I had no real lean in Federer or Djokovic. Like it's cool to say that you're rooting for and watching the greatest ever. And I generally root for greatness. That's why I rooted for the Patriots when they were 18 and 0 against the Giants. Because like I liked being able to say that I saw the greatest ever. I think it's cool that my dad can tell me stories about seeing Hank Aaron and Lou Alcindor, and I'll be able to tell my kids about seeing Michael Jordan and LeBron James. But in the case of this tennis match today, it's like, well, I think Federer is the best, but plenty of people can make the argument that Djokovic is going to be the best and is on pace to be the best whenever Federer gives it up. And then there's Rafa. So just watching sports at the highest level with no rooting interest other than rooting for the best possible game, match, whatever it is, that it, it was really pure this morning. And I don't know if any of you can relate to that at 855-212-4227, what I'm talking about in terms of just like that interconnectivity of sports and just how pure it was today to watch that tennis match. I had a few buddies that I was texting about with it, but like nothing really, nothing significant for me other than, man, I'll watch the best bowler in the world, the best darts person in the world. It's it's why the Olympics are captivating. It's like, wait, this guy's going to ski down a hill and then 
fire a rifle at a target and then keep skiing. That doesn't seem that practical outside of a James Bond movie or something. But he's the best in the world at it. All right. You've got me for 45 minutes. Okay, we're going to go on this flat, narrow piece of ice. And we're going to give a couple guys some brooms. And we're going to throw an iron down the ice. And we're going to try to make it land in this target. Okay, you're the best in the world. I guess you got me for the next 90 minutes, curling. That's just such a cool thing about sports. It's it's pure, it's reality TV, but it's unscripted drama. And if you're watching it at the highest level, I feel like you can connect to just about anybody in a fairly easy way. Hey, you want to watch the game? Cool. Let's sit back and watch. It's great. Not to mention, by the way, my God, do you have a tissue around when you saw what uh, the Angels did for Tyler Skaggs? That was insane. Like, I'm not really much of a spiritual, religious, higher power. I mean, you know, different strokes, different folks. You do you, I do me, whatever. It does not bother me at all. But, like, that's one of those types of things where you're thinking, like, this is a little eerie. His mom throws out the first pitch. It's the first home game at Angel Stadium since his death. Dies at 27. The game is on what would have been his 28th birthday. The date is 7-13. They score seven runs in the first, get 13 hits overall. 28 years to the day for the last combined no-hitter in the state of California. The Angels throw a combined no-hitter while wearing Tyler Skaggs' jersey number and then all lay their uniforms that say Skaggs and 45 on the back on the mound. That is just too many crazy coincidences and eerie. It's like, man, I, I don't know what impacts Tyler Skaggs had on that, but I'm really cool. I like sports and not HGTV. You know what I mean? Like that—that that is what other thing in life gives you a moment like that. Politics doesn't, music doesn't, reality TV, entertainment TV, like nothing else gives you a moment like the Angels had with Tyler Skaggs and honoring him in that fashion and that game happening. Like that was just—that was so again pure. And you can, listen, I, I'm a degenerate gambler. I can take the purity out of just about anything by putting 100 bucks on it. So, like, I'm, I'm not some sort of pure. Like, I'm, I don't normally get like this all the time. But, man, maybe it's just, like, detaching from work and going away on vacation and dialing it back and just being casual about it or something and not thinking about it through the context of work. Like, this was some great sports we've had recently. Like, some truly great sports. And I'm just glad that I love sports because there's not much better. 855-212-4CBS is my number. Barry Trammell is going to join me in about 40 minutes. He's the number one sports media personality in Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook refused to talk to him for um, his entire career as a member of the Thunder. I want to get into this trade because I think desperation is the easiest explanation for why the Russell Westbrook trade happened in the manner that he did, but why I'd still be okay with that 
if I'm a Rockets fan. I want to get into that coming up. I'm Danny Parkins. This is the Danny Parkins Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the Danny Parkins Show. Thanks for hanging out on the Danny Parkins Show, where CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. So let's discuss the Russell Westbrook trade in terms of motivating factors. Why did it happen? There are reports that James Harden and Chris Paul didn't get along. Okay. Sure. I'm sure that's part of it. I think that Houston is actually closer to winning a championship than last season's NBA playoffs played out. They got a tough draw having to face the Warriors when they did. And I don't know Daryl Morey, but I've always respected Daryl Morey, the Rockets general manager, because when the Warriors broke the NBA in terms of beating the math and figuring out the three was worth more than two and then getting Kevin Durant to add to a team that already had two of the 10 greatest shooters in the history of the NBA. Daryl Morey didn't turtle. He didn't cower. He tried to beat the Warriors at their own game and he got hyper aggressive. So I've always respected him from afar. I think what happened though is desperation on behalf of Daryl Morey and the Houston Rockets. He got an edict from his owner when they got eliminated by the Warriors in the second round of the playoffs this past year. We will win a championship with James Harden. Okay? It's awesome. It's what you want to hear as a fan, right? If you're a Rockets fan, you want to hear that. Your owner saying the goal is a championship. Everything less than a championship is a failure. Not every owner says it. So you shouldn't take it for granted, even though that seems like a fairly obvious thing for an owner of a pro sport team to say. Daryl Morey has built this team in the mold of we're going to shoot as many threes as possible. We are going to play isolation ball with James Harden. We are either shooting the ball at the rim or behind the three-point line. Those are the only two places we are shooting it. Like He has maximized it. We had a you know, team shooting 43s a game. He thinks that we could be at a team shooting 53s a game, and his he would like his team to be the one to do it. So where does that leave Daryl Morey when he has Chris Paul on what is seemingly the worst contract in the NBA? He's got a trade for an also awful contract, even though Westbrook's a better player than Chris Paul, with an extra year on the deal. But what's baffling about it is he had to give up two pick swaps and two first-round picks to get it. So Oklahoma City now has, for losing Paul George and losing Russell Westbrook, they have 15 first-round picks in the next six years. That's insane. It's never happened before in the history of the league. So Sam Presti, that he had a roster that couldn't win a title. Now he has a roster that's awful with a ton of draft picks where their picks will only get better, and he's got the rights to have some flexibility by getting picks from the Clippers in the future, the Rockets, and other trades that he's made. So the Thunder are set up to rebuild, but we know that the last time they had all those high picks and they had Sam Presti, they had Durant, 
and Harden and Westbrook, and they won exactly nothing. They made the finals once, and they weren't willing to pay the luxury tax, so they lost Harden, and then they lose Durant, and now they finally lose Westbrook. But Sam Presti is a good general manager who made the most of a bad situation. What Daryl Morey did, seemingly, is say, I got to get a star. Okay, I can't get Jimmy Butler, so I'll get in the next. All right, I'm going to lose Paul George. I can't get Paul George. Okay, um, Russell Westbrook. People are saying, like, how are Westbrook and Harden going to play together? Uh, It's going to be awkward, but they're going to score 50 to 60 points a game combined. They're two of the best isolation players in the history of the NBA. That's not hyperbole. You can look it up. So they're not going to be bad. It's going to be really dysfunctional. And there's only one basketball, and they'll have to figure it out. But I think what Daryl Morey basically said is, I'm getting fired if I don't win a championship with James Harden. My owner just said we got to win a championship with James Harden. James Harden only has so many years left of being in his prime, especially at the rate at which we're using him. So let's use him a little less to have him a little fresher for the playoffs. So I'll go get Russell Westbrook, who seemingly is, you know, indefatigable, unable to be tired. That will help Harden be fresher for the playoffs. And what do I care if I traded a 2023 pick swap? Because if I don't win a title, I'm not going to be here for it anyway. So I think it was desperation. I need a star. The team we had isn't good enough. The team we have with Westbrook probably isn't good enough, but at least it's different. Those draft picks in the future, who cares? And what I would what I would say as a Houston, if you're a Houston fan, even if you agree with me that it was a move made on desperation and it's sacrificing the future for the present and the present still probably won't work out if the ultimate goal is winning a championship, it's going to be Damn entertaining to watch. And I think sometimes we forget because the mantra of the Rockets owner, we're going to win a championship. The goal of pro sports is to win a championship, right? Second place is only the first loser. That's something that the athletes say, that the owners say, that I guess on some level fans of some teams can say, right? Like Yankees fans can say it, uh, Duke basketball, Kentucky basketball, but the vast majority of us live in a world where we're watching sports to be entertained to help pass the time and yo Rockets games are going to be fascinating next year James Harden is not the most aesthetically pleasing basketball player to watch but you know who is Russell Westbrook how many players in the league are more entertaining to watch on a nightly basis than Russell Westbrook LeBron, maybe Giannis, maybe Steph, if that's your cup of tea. Like, that's it. He is as exciting as it gets in the NBA because he has one speed, 100 miles an hour. He goes hard. He's a triple-double every night. There is no one more competitive. And he is fascinating. 
how he deals with the media, how he deals with fans, how he deals with his teammates, how he plays. He is a fascinating basketball player. He is a great basketball player. So it's a weird situation, and I'm curious if there's anyone out there as a Rockets fan that would care to weigh in and back me up on this or completely disagree with me at 855-212-4227 or even just a fan of the NBA, can it be a good trade for the Rockets if they don't win a championship, but it just produces wildly entertaining sports theater? Because you're probably not winning a title anyway. There was nothing you could do with Clint Capella, Chris Paul, and a bunch of low first-round picks. You couldn't get a better player than Russell Westbrook. He's the best player you could have possibly got. You tried for Jimmy Butler. Maybe it would have been a better fit because you could play a little bit more off the ball and better defensive player at this stage, but once you couldn't get him, what were they going to do? You got younger. You got better. And you got a hell of a lot more interesting. If you can't win a title, I got to be honest, I'll take that. Championships are the number one goal, obviously. But a reasonable second goal is high entertainment value. And I think the Rockets are going to have that. 855-212-4CBS is the number. There's something that the NBA needs to just do away with. We'll get into that, plus some of your reaction, hopefully, to the Russell Westbrook trade. Barry Trammell from the Oklahoman joins us at the top of the hour. This is the Danny Parkin Show. It is the Danny Parkin Show, CBS Sports Radio, radio radio.com sports. Thanks for hanging out with me on this Sunday night. Barry Trammell from the Oklahoman. Russell Westbrook wouldn't talk to him for... His entire career as a Thunder. He'll join us in 20 minutes to discuss Russ. One of the most interesting players in the NBA. Their history. What the Thunder got for him. If Russ is a championship caliber player and teammate, we're going to learn more about Russell Westbrook coming up in 20 minutes. I'm really looking forward to talking to Barry Trammell about his experiences with Russell Westbrook, both watching him and covering him. I think the trade from Houston's perspective was made out of desperation and from Oklahoma City's perspective was made out of necessity. Once Paul George left, you owed it to Russ to trade him to a contender and begin your rebuild. They will trade Chris Paul. They'll get something for him and they can bottom out. The Oklahoma City part of it's easy. Houston part's a little bit more complicated. I believe there's a mandate there to win a championship with James Harden. Because the owner said it on the record. Daryl Moore needed to shake up his roster and break up CP3 and Harden. So he traded one bad contract for another bad contract. But because his bad contract is with the better younger player, he had to give up a boatload of picks. But he doesn't care about giving up those picks. Because if he doesn't win the aforementioned mandated title with James Harden, he'll be fired. So I find it fascinating on that level because it was basically, I got no other options So I'm going to swing big on something that probably won't work, but damn will be fascinating. My guy, Matthew Wilson tweets in at Danny Parkins. Danny, I don't blame Daryl Morey for the trade because my dad always told me when it comes to life, if you're going to go down, go down in flames. That's interesting. Fatherly advice. Um, You could say go down gracefully. uh, Try to 
change the outcome if you're going down, but go down in flames. See, I don't think that I mean, it's hilarious, but I don't think that's what Daryl Morey is trying to do. I think he's just trying to do what he can. The World Series of Poker final table's on right now. Like, you got to play the hand you're dealt. You try to play your opponent. You try to make the best of it. You can bluff. You can represent strength when you're weak. But the rest of the league know, knew that Daryl Morey was not negotiating from a point of leverage. All the reports were out about CP3 and Harden. Chris Paul's getting old. He had to trade him. So they were going to get broken up. So he got the best player he could have for the breakup. I'm going to take some calls here in just a second at 855-212-4CBS. But I think the NBA needs to examine its tampering rules because they don't work. Like, just, just think about it. Free agency happens on July 1st. July 1st hits, the deadline hits, the new league year opens, and $1 billion in contracts were given out immediately. I mean, instantaneously. Now, I know there's a negotiating window, but you can't do all of those deals in that short a period of time unless you're doing stuff beforehand. And... Anthony Davis is a Laker. Rich Paul got fined for talking about Anthony Davis's trade demands. Magic Johnson got fined for tampering over Ben Simmons. And then there was another one with Giannis. And it, he was involved also in the Anthony Davis stuff, even when he left the Lakers in an official capacity. And where does Anthony Davis end up? The Lakers. These guys are signing... 150 a four-year 150 million dollar contract just to make the, the numbers round you think it matters that there's a fifty thousand dollar fine for tampering that's less than a game check they don't care at all it doesn't stop anything and the league is better because there's tampering that's the thing in this era of player empowerment you have to look the other way. I saw a story that said that Adam Silver was disheartened by the Russell Westbrook trade demand. I was like, what are you talking about? This is why we're talking about the NBA on national radio in the middle of July. But get used to it. Kawhi Leonard can be a free agent again. In a couple of years, LeBron can be a free agent in a couple of years. KD and Kyrie, no one signed in five-year deals. They are, I've said this before on this show. LeBron's ultimate legacy will always be debated in terms of where he is on the all-time list of players. But what will undeniably be his legacy is that he made NBA players more powerful than ever before when he signed that one-in-one contract. If you don't know what the one-in-one contract is, it was a one-year max deal with a one-year player option for the max. So if you did what Kevin Durant did and you ruptured your Achilles in the finals and you didn't and your value was hurt in free agency, you could just opt back into your same team, but you weren't committed to your team long-term, so your team had to keep spending, 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 and paying the luxury tax in order to build a champion around you. 
Giannis just said he wants to be a buck for 15, 20 years, his whole career, like Tim Duncan and Kobe and Dirk and those guys, as long as they're committed to winning championships. That means the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the smallest uh, markets in the NBA, are going to have to keep paying Chris Middleton $178 million and keep paying the luxury tax in order to keep Giannis happy. Players have more power than ever before. And the league is more interesting because of that player power, arguably, than ever before. Because your team stinks right now. Who knows? Maybe you could be Brooklyn. Maybe you could be the Clippers. That's what they're trying to sell you on. The idea of hope. If Oklahoma City could have all those stars and Milwaukee can have Giannis and Brooklyn can beat out the Knicks and the Clippers can beat out the Lakers for some guys, there's hope. So for Adam Silver to be disheartened by it, it's why the league is thriving right now, largely, because players have more power than ever before. So just get rid of the charade of tampering and just acknowledge that it happens and, frankly, it makes your league better. 855-212-4CBS is the number. This will be an interesting spot to take a Russell Westbrook call. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, Colby is on the Danny Parkins Show. What's up, Colby? Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me. Thank hey, you. I, I actually agree with you what you were just saying on Adam Silver. I think that's kind of some faux outrage right there because there's more parity this year than you've seen in a long time. So I don't know what he's really complaining about. But um, As far as... Uh, the Thunder go, I'm, I'm kind of relieved that we're doing a, a, a rebuild now, you know. But uh, as far as Westbrook going to Houston, I think it's exciting. And I don't think anybody really has any idea how good any of these teams in the West are going to be. I mean, literally the players in the NBA, the whole deck of players just got shuffled from last year. So, I mean, is there really any way to tell how any of these teams are going to be next year? No man, it's it's wide open. There, there's eight teams that have a twenty to one or better shot to win the NBA championship next year. It's it's wide open, wide open. All right, looks like we lost Colby. Will in Maryland. Will, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for making the call. Hey man, how's it going? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. Good, good. I'm good. Yeah, I think Adam Silver is trying to go back to the glory days when te- when players were li- loyal to teams throughout everything. And that's but I don't even think I don't even think he is like you. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. I I feel like he just thinks he needs to say it to appease a fan base or something because right. he's, well, okay, he, he's you, you know what I mean. Like he, he knows the, this is good for the league. He's not a dummy. Yeah, absolutely. And and players are not going to stay with teams who don't have good management to get them players that can help them win. And it's not going to happen. So you got to give up on that. Okay. His situation was not a situation that was sustainable, that could win. And he was, he was tired of it. He's going to leave. Uh, But I think in reference to the Houston thing, I think Houston, the Rockets were in a pretty difficult situation because not only did you have a bad contract with CP3 that people probably wouldn't have wanted, and somebody would have taken it, but most people wouldn't have wanted to take that contract. But then you also had a situation where you needed a viable guard to get back as well because even though Harden plays the point forward, you still need a guy when Harden's not there and if he's hurt or anything like that who can bring the ball up. So you had a very difficult situation. There were only a few guys I think you probably could have worked it as far as the contract, and then trying to get back a guard with it who could actually play with Harden. 
so I think he did as, as good as he could do. And, and they're good enough that they're going to make the playoffs and they could be a contender for the finals. I don't think they'll win it or I don't think they'll get there. But like you said, it, it's going to be exciting watching the chaos and then the, the, the extreme talent that they have. Yeah, I, listen, I, you know, I appreciate the call. That, that's where I come out on it. Like, I'm pretty sure, ultimately, if your definition of success is winning an NBA championship, I'm pretty confident in saying this won't work. But Houston absolutely could have won this past year if a few things break differently. They clearly could have won two games ago. Lost in Game 7 with the worst three-point shooting performance in NBA playoff history in the Western Conference Finals Game 7, and Chris Paul got hurt, had home court advantage over the Rockets. Like They're not that far away from being great. Harden's incredible. Westbrook's incredible. Eric Gordon's really good, and we'll see. I don't think it'll work chemistry-wise. I'm not sure they'll make each other better, but... Westbrook is more useful than Chris Paul is at this point. And more and more, frankly, as I get older, and I'm not that old, but I want to just look to sports for entertainment. I I loved Wimbledon today. No rooting interest, not a tennis fan, didn't gamble on it, watched four hours of tennis. Because it was just captivating theater. It was just entertaining. I loved it. And I know that's not what a diehard Rockets fan is going to say. But as an outside observer who has no rooting interest whatsoever in the Rockets' success or failures, I can say, yeah, when the Rockets come to town, I'll probably be at the United Center to watch them beat my Bulls. Because they're fascinating. That is an interesting squad. Our next guest might be able to speak to why Russell Westbrook is so fascinating better than anyone, even though Russ wouldn't talk to him. Barry Trammell from the Oklahoman on Russell Westbrook next on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.